Welcome to the Business Scholarship Podcast, interdisciplinary conversations about new works in the broad world of business research. I'm your host, Andrew Jennings. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast or sharing with others who might like it too. And if you have ideas for future episodes, let me know. My email address is andrew at andrewkjennings.com, and I look forward to hearing from you. Our guest today is Benjamin Ho, Associate Professor of Economics at Vassar College. We'll be discussing his article, Do Investors Care About Corporate Apologies? Evidence from Chemical Disasters, which he co-authored with Soja Fan of Cornell University, Shi Ge, also of Vassar, and Li Rong Ma of Northwestern University. I'll add a link to the article in the show notes for the episode. Ben, welcome to the Business Scholarship Podcast. Thanks. Great to be here. Ben, you are an economist of apologies. You study apologies. We all know what an apology is in the everyday sense of the word, but you've theorized an economic model of apologies, which you apply in this paper. Could you introduce that model to the listeners? Yeah, I've been thinking about apologies for 20 years now since I was doing my PhD at Stanford. I was trained as a game theorist and later shifted into behavioral economics. And I was was trying to think about apologies from that game theory, behavioral economic sense. We're trying to understand what is an apology all about. And the idea I came up with is an apology is a way we restore trust after trust has been breached through some kind of mistake. What is trust? Trust is a belief. And in economics, how we think about beliefs is we think about signaling. Easiest example of signaling to grab onto is a peacock's tail feather. I think people are familiar with how male peacocks have these elaborate tails to signal how strong they are. And in fact, the efficacy of that tail is basically just how costly it is to the peacock. That tail is actually a really crazy evolutionarily development because it makes the peacocks more vulnerable to prey. It's heavy. They have to carry it around. And the reason it works is because it's this really costly way to signal just how strong a peacock is. Only the strongest peacocks would grow such elaborate, crazy tails. And so can we apply that idea to apologies? And that's what I do. I have a paper published in Management Science about 10 years ago called Apologies as Signals. And the idea is that we're going to take that signaling theory and apply them to how we apologize. And what we find in that paper, both through game theory and experiments, is that the efficacy of an apology depends on how costly it is. The more costly it was to make that apology, basically, the more effective. And of course, the easiest cost is like a monetary cost. I think Kobe Bryant famously bought his wife like a million dollar diamond ring to apologize one time. You can think of the monetary value of an apology, but we could also use game theory to think of less tangible apologies, less tangible costs. And I divide these between low cost apologies and high cost apologies. Two low cost apologies is an empathy apology. This is just, I'm sorry, I see that you're hurt. Or I'm sorry that your grandmother passed away. It's not an admission of fault. It's basically just an expression of empathy. Very easy to make. And you hear politicians and corporations make that all the time. An excuse apology is another low-cost apology. It's basically just saying, hey, I'm sorry, it wasn't me. And people often see these as weaselly apologies, but it's a very low-cost apologies. By contrast, there's two kinds of high-cost apologies I look at. One is forward-looking and one was backward-looking. The forward-looking high-cost apology is a promise apology. This is a promise to do better in the future. And these are costly because people can hold you accountable to those promises if you don't live up to them. And I have some interesting work with Uber where we ran this experiment on 1.5 million Uber customers to show that actually Uber customers really hold Uber to the promises they make and will punish them if they don't live up to those promises. And the final high-cost apology is a reputation apology where you basically admit to be your own incompetence. I'm sorry, I was dumb, I made a mistake. 
And this is also potentially costly because people don't want to look dumb. They want to look trustworthy, but they also want to look competent. And reputation-based apology is making a trade-off between the two. It's making you look more trustworthy at the expense of your competence. This is an empirical study focused on chemical disasters over the last few decades. What empirical work has already been done on corporate apologies? What conclusions or insights has that work suggested? And in this paper on chemical disasters, what do you and your co-authors hope to contribute to the literature? There's basically two streams of evidence for corporate apologies. One is the traditional lab experimental study. These are experiments where you take a convenient sample, often students or often subjects recruited online, and you tell them, how would you respond if there was an accident and the corporation apologized or did not apologize? And I think you could do a lot with these lab experiments because you have a lot of experimental control. But of course, it's all hypothetical and it's hard to know what the real world implications are of these studies. So we're contributing to a body of literature that looks at real apologies made by real corporations after corporate malfeasance or corporate mistakes. And we're looking at the impact on stock returns. And the past papers on this were limited because they had like a limited data set or they had like a broad data set of different kinds of companies. All right. So, for example, one paper that in this literature examined 38 apologies spread out over a dozen different industries. And we feel like that's just hard to compare, that an apology made in the chemical company is very different than the apology made by Coca-Cola. To narrow in the empirical literature, what we decided to do is focus on a single industry and try to dig really hard to find every incident we could find and every apology we could find. And so we focus on chemical companies and chemical disasters, mostly because there's pretty good data sets that the EPA keeps track of every major chemical disaster in the United States. And then we hired a team of RAs to basically scour the internet for news stories of apologies made by these corporations over time. We identified about 100 different chemical disasters over a 30-year period, and about half of them, we could find corporate apologies. We're pretty confident that we found any news story of relevance. So we looked at these big databases of newspapers and magazines and articles, and if it was reported on in the media, we probably found it in some way. And so that's what we did, we have this data set of every major chemical disaster in the U.S. over a 30-year time period, and every apology we could find in the media about those chemical disasters. And we wanted to look at what was the impact on share price. So we adopted some methods from the finance literature to measure impact of events on share prices. These are called sort of event studies or cumulative abnormal return studies. And we just wanted to see how do stock markets respond when a corporation apologizes for a bad event. Just as we might hope that someone who wrongs us might apologize for that, we might hope that a corporation that commits some wrong, a tort, for example, would apologize as well. And you're looking at the effect of those apologies on stock prices, whether investors are holding the company responsible, or I I suppose are anticipating that the public or regulators will hold the company responsible and the apology will have some effect. Could you talk about some of the research questions that you set out to answer with this data set? And Why did you choose the example of chemical disasters as opposed to Coca-Cola, for example? We want something that had as few confounds as possible. The mistakes that are made in a chemical disaster are fairly comparable, I think, between different companies, whereas the mistakes made by a company like Coca-Cola are just hard to compare, right? The kinds of things Coca-Cola might apologize for might be very different than the kinds of things Pepsi might apologize for, just because the kinds of things that the public is upset about, it just is very diverse. So we just thought chemical disasters are relatively comparable. 
toward your earlier point about how we want people to apologize, it's often hard to apologize. And it's actually not exactly clear that we really do want people to apologize. I think one of my favorite experiments to illustrate this goes back to, this is not a corporate apology, but this is a political apology. A psychologist, Laura Tiedens, back at Stanford, looked at Bill Clinton during the Monica Lewinsky affair. And what she did was she constructed an experiment where she made two videos of Bill Clinton, one where Bill Clinton looked apologetic about the affair and one where where he was just angry. Because a common critique at the time is that Bill Clinton never really apologized for Monica Lewinsky. And what she found was that even though all the subjects in the sample said they wanted to hear an apology and the people that saw the video where Clinton sounded apologetic liked him more and trusted him more. In fact, people that saw the video where he just sounded angry, they trusted him less, but they respected him more. They thought he had higher competence and they were more likely to vote for him again. And so this is a case where basically the apology by Bill Clinton in his videos worked because it extracted a cost from him. It made him look incompetent. It lowered his chances for re-election. And so when we're looking at the data, we find examples of the costliness of apologies all over. I have a past paper that looks at How do doctors apologize for medical malpractice? We often want doctors to apologize, but doctors are often reluctant to apologize because the legal system is set up that there's a risk that comes with apologies. You may be sued. And I have papers that looked at the impact of laws about that risk. In the past literature that we are building on the impact of apologies on stock prices, what we find is very ambiguous results, that apologies have actually ambiguous net results on share prices. And so what our paper actually goes to show is that the reason why it has ambiguous results is that for certain kinds of apologies, corporations are rewarded, but for other kinds of apologies, corporations are punished. And so the net result actually is close to zero. But I think by studying the kinds of apologies corporations make, we can learn a lot about how apologies function, both in the corporate world, but also in our personal worlds. In this study of chemical disasters, you did find a variety of different approaches to apology and you found different impacts on stock prices. Could you walk through some of the different approaches that companies take in the aftermath of a chemical disaster, what the impacts are, what your overall findings are? Are your findings consistent with the prior literature? Have you identified some inconsistencies with the prior literature? I think the advantage we have is our approach to the study was guided by past game theory. We went into this study with this model I published 10 years ago about the game theory of apologies. The conclusion of the past literature is that apologies are largely ineffective because if you just look at event studies about what happens to stock prices after an apology happens, you find on average zero effect. And what we find is actually that once you subdivide those apologies by the kind of apologies that were made, you find that actually the low-cost apologies are actually effective for your share price, but the high-cost apologies actually have a negative result on share price. So the sum total, the average of all the apologies is basically zero. And so we confirm what past papers have found, but we found that the type of apology matters. So that seems perplexing at first, because when I said earlier about signaling theory, I said that the most effective apologies were higher cost apologies. And that was confirmed in some of my lab experiments and in some of my work with Uber. But the thing is, we say an apology is effective if it rebuilds trust. And it turns out that the stock market may not care necessarily just about trust. They also care about competence. So we found that the excuse apologies, these low-cost apologies, were actually really effective because they do a bit to rebuild trust without any sacrifice to competence. 
But the high cost apologies we found, the ones where the firms admitted to making a mistake, admitted to being incompetent in leading to a chemical disaster, that actually was bad for share prices. It might have helped restore trust with other audiences. The key finding in the apology literature is that sort of we apologize to many different audiences. In the case of a corporation, you might care about the trust you have with your customers or the trust you have with your regulators or the trust you have with your suppliers. But in this case, it turns out that the stock market anyways, they care less about you being trustworthy and they care more about you being competent. An apology where you admit to your incompetence, just like O'Clinton in that prior experiment admitting to basically being incompetent with the Monica Lewinsky affair, led to a significant decrease in your share value. Whereas might have helped your trustworthiness in other dimensions, these incompetence emitting apologies, these high cost apologies proved to be bad, at least for share prices. Do your results suggest any possible mechanisms that drive your findings? For example, the impact on competence perceptions for certain types of apologies versus incompetence perceptions? This is part of at least my set of research papers on this topic, that really it is fair to think of apologies as this signaling mechanism, that in economics and mathematics, we talk about something called Bayes' rule, which is a mathematical equation we use to think about someone's reputation. And I think for a lot of people, it's weird to think about reputation using math, right? using Bayes' rule, using probability. But to an economist, it's very natural. And I think this paper gives further evidence that that model, that Bayesian model of reputation is a reasonable one. My initial work on apologies, I think the main contribution is to reframe the discussion about what an apology is from some kind of social ritual, which is how sociologists think about it, to a Bayesian signaling game, like a mathematical signaling game. Here, thinking about it, I think that companies have reputations. These are probabilistic reputation scores based on, say, their competence or their trustworthiness. And they have different reputation scores for different audiences. They have a reputation score when it comes to the stock market. And they have a different reputation score when it comes to their customers. And they have a different reputation score when it comes to judges or regulators. Some of my other papers have looked at those kinds of reputations. So my experiment with Uber was looking at a company's reputation with their customers. Or my paper on medical malpractice lawsuits was looking at basically doctors' reputation with the legal system. Here, we're interested in the reputation with the stock market. How do investors care about the reputation of a company and how do apologies affect that reputation? And we're arguing that the Asian game theory model is reasonable and that depending on the kind of apology we use, those apologies have tangible effects on a firm's reputation that we can measure using their share price. This isn't a part of your paper, but do you have any normative or moral impressions about these findings? How does this maybe square with views on the purpose of apology, the value of apology? One thing that I've struggled a little bit with is that by taking apology away from the realm of, say, morality and putting it into the realm of mathematics, right, do we lose something? We talked a little bit earlier about the legal literature. And actually, I've, so I've read a lot of like law review articles about apologies. And the work I've done on medical malpractice was about these laws that basically say that an apology by a doctor to a patient cannot be used in the courts against them. And I think a lot of legal scholars were troubled by that to have a to legislate apology by taking something that's part of our social system and moving it into the legal system. 
And similarly here, in the case of a corporation, that maybe an apology should be just this social ethical decision. And my research is shifting that from a social ethical decision into an economic decision. And maybe that's sort of ruining apologies a bit. And so I think I would respond to that in two ways. One is in my paper about medical malpractice, I looked at efficacy of these apology laws. I tried to legislate apologies. And it turns out that these laws were actually very effective at helping doctors to restore relationships. States that had passed an apology law that encouraged apologies basically saw very major significant reduction in lawsuits and litigation settled much faster. And so it seems like you can litigate these apologies without destroying how apologies work, at least in that particular case. The second thing is that we're talking about corporations here, right? Even without my research, I think that corporations are very much guided by their PR department and their messaging department. I think that's already going to happen anyways. So I'm just doing my job as a social scientist to understand how they're thinking, how they're working. But I am mindful that, yeah, maybe it is wrong to make everything about math. What key takeaways would you like listeners to have from this interview and the paper? And this has been a a long-term research agenda on your part. So are there open research questions that you hope to tackle in the future on the topic of apologies or corporate apologies? I guess the key takeaways I have about apologies generally is twofold. One is that it makes sense to think of an apology as a signal. Therefore, that means that an apology is only as effective as how costly it is. That basically means there's no easy way to apologize. There's no formula I can give you on how to apologize. You basically have to do the work. There's no way around. The second thing is that an apology does have consequences. Just because more costly apologies are more effective at rebuilding trust, doesn't mean you should always try to make your apology as costly as possible because, well, it has costs. And this paper identifies just one very tangible cost, which is some kinds of apologies lead to a very significant negative impact on your corporation. Or the politician example, it reduces your chance of getting reelected. And then the bigger picture takeaway, and this is just a pitch for my book that just came out earlier this year. The book is Why Trust Matters, An Economist's Guide to the Ties That Bind Us, is that trust matters in the economy. We don't think enough about how trust matters. I often ask students when I'm giving talks, have you seen trust in any of your econ classes? And a handful of hands will go up, but most people have not seen trust at all. Even though some of the founders of modern economics have talked about the importance of trust, like Ken Arrow and Adam Smith and the like. And so I think trust is essential in every part of the transaction, from buying and selling goods to the monetary system, to contracts, to the legal system. Trust is part of all of that. And an understudied part of how trust works in the economy is how do we restore trust when it's broken? And so that's been sort of my main contribution to the literature over the past two decades, thinking about how do we restore trust? Trust is important. Even that's not a mainstream idea, but that's getting to be mainstream. But even more important is if trust is important, we have to fix it when it's broken. And so thinking critically about how we restore trust when trust is broken, I think is is an important thing for everyone to keep in mind. Our guest today has been Benjamin Ho, Associate Professor of Economics at Vassar College. We've discussed his article, Do Investors Care About Corporate Apologies? Evidence from Chemical Disasters, which he co-authored with Seja Fan of Cornell University, Shiga, also of Vassar, and Li Rong Ma of Northwestern University. I'll add a link to the article in the show notes for the episode. Ben, thank you for joining the Business Scholarship Podcast. Thanks. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Business Scholarship Podcast. If you like what you heard, Please consider subscribing to the podcast or leaving a rating on your favorite podcast app, or let other people know about it too. If you have suggestions for future episodes, please let me know. 
My email address is andrew at andrewkjennings.com, and I look forward to hearing from you. Until the next time, I'm your host, Andrew Jennings. Andrew Jennings.